Okay. Ah, aber ich habe die Freste. Komm, komm. Ist er? We've absolutely fucked it. Like, right, this is our second start uh, on the first episode. Um, but yeah, here we go. I think we're going to try and get this done. Yes, please. Let's try our best. Ayo. Ayo. That's like I don't I don't think I will ever get over how fucking good that song is. No, me neither. Like I said to Jim, I was just like country bumpkin vibes only. And then hear from him for a couple of days. And then he was like, Is this any good? And I was like, aye, that's perfect. Cool. Abs- absolute perfection. Completely knocked it out of the park. I just like the first time you sent me it and I was just sitting on my couch in the house. And I was just like, oh, what is this? Just like straight up to the ear to give it a listen, man. Oh, it was beautiful. It was so good. So we're going to start off right away with a massive shout out to Jim Gray for the music. Incredible musician, incredible tattoo artist, incredible person. He's a genius. Just in general. He's just perfect. He is, yeah. Yeah. It's like, be shit is something, though. Yeah. He's also really good looking as well. I hate it. <laughs> I just, like, every time I see him, I'm just like, <sighs> all right. <laughs> all right uh, aye so massive shout out to jim for the music uh it fitted what we had talked about previously it kind of fit the idea of what we were going with um and it, somehow he managed to just pick up on what we were looking for without really explaining it well just like have you ever heard the shit happens song we gave him Please a write that. We gave him a really shitty brief, and he was like, "Okay, <laughs> let me work. Let me work with this," and he smashed it. So it was it was perfect. Like he came to me with with the file, and I was like, "Oh man, I'm gonna feel really shitty if I have to like go back and be like, man, <laughs> this is so wrong." But I was like, "Oh, perfect. Thank you. <laughs> like first try, <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> first try. That's the other, that's the other thing. So infuriating. Like, we've been trying to write music for fucking." 10 years and just still can't do it still, <laughs> still can't get there. it out <laughs> um the other another shout out that we'll need to give um is we need to thank our, our good friend duncan fife for the logos he made for us uh, he made us looking really really cute and i also hate the fact that he included my gray hair <laughs> i specifically told him to put in the gray hair if i'm being completely <laughs> honest because like oh he's seen like old photos of you like i don't know he doesn't go that like hunting for photos of you very often but he was like oh have you got any like reference photos so i picked up a couple of photos sent them to him and i was like man these photos all have like dark hair but in real life he's got like this fucking malin streak he's on his way to looking like <laughs> jay mascus and then uh, <laughs> it was like cool so i sent him i sent him a photo i took i sent uh, a photo you sent me and then the photo that you posted on new year's day i was like just because you know the one of you wearing what one was that? Uh, the one of you wearing a blazer, Doc Martens, and pants. Like that was it. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah what, the, what you the mean? Sunnies, like. <laughs> I mean, like I will take absolutely no credit for that. All of the creative direction came from my wife. She so she styled it really well. Yeah, that's obviously what she sees when she looks at me. But in reality, it's like looking at Mister Blobby wearing a t-shirt. <laughs> A t-shirt and a beanie, because I don't think I've ever seen you. <laughs> That's usually how it goes down. So yeah, to go back to what we were saying, massive shout out to Duncan Fife for those logos. They look so cool. I've never enjoyed looking at my face so much in my life. And I like how the one, like because the, he's done a couple of different versions of it, the one where it's like the two of us next to each other, he has our faces touching so close. Oh, yeah. And it just makes me feel, it makes me feel so nice, because I just like, I can't remember the last time our faces smooshed. So it's just really nice to have it's, that. It's like, been a while. <laughs> it's, been, it's been a while. It's been some time, you know. <laughs> but yeah, he smashed out of the park with them. Absolutely destroyed it. It's nice having those um, It's nice having those people in our, our repertoire. I mean, I say our. It was your repertoire. You took that on and, and managed to make that happen. So it's nice having those people around, like proper creatives around. That you can we could kind of lean on, you know. Yeah, the ones that actually know what they're doing. Because I tried to do some stuff on the iPad, but I was just like, ah, nah, I can't do this. I have no idea what I'm doing. 
we're not professionals. Nope. We're not even professional. Not professional. Well, I mean, like, you are obviously a professional barber. Like, you're probably the... I mean, you're definitely the best barber I know, because I don't really know that many. Well, that's good. But you're the best one I know, so I, I would call you a professional, but I'm not a professional anything. I mean... No, in any way. I mean, you have a corporate schmuck job, so that's good. So I guess, <laughs> in that sense, you are professional. You You are part of the rat race, you know? If anything, you are one of the most successful people I know. If we were to go by, like, society standards, you have, like, that corporate job. You're making money. And, like, you have, like, you have, like, an office that you have to go into. You're the only one of my friends that has an office they have to go into. (laughs) So, when you said you're not professional, you're actually the most professional out of every single person I know. Well, all I need you to do is to get any kind of verification is go and speak to the people I work with and none of them will agree with you. They all, like, I, I mean, I'm not going to, obviously not going to, like, I don't, I'm not going to talk about where I work or anything, but there were people, like, I know this from speaking with other people that when I joined, there was people in my office that really didn't like me based on the way I presented myself. Which, so, which is fair you know, enough. What you, yeah, yeah. You don't need to do that to me. <laughs> I mean, I'm a bit like there's most of me is just like what you see is what you get. Like I'll be the way I am because it's just where I'm comfortable. And uh, going into that place, you're right. It is quite a corporate environment. There's a lot like the company's. It's a big company. It has like it. It's got huge contracts for Scotland, Scottish government and stuff. So it's like it, it is a very corporate environment. So walking in with, like not wearing a shirt because i can't do shirts even if i'm wearing a shirt it's open with a little a, a t-shirt underneath and like, <laughs> no i like the idea you walking into your office like <laughs> buttoned down not fastened <laughs> gut just hanging out just be like all like, right <laughs> first day on the job walking in like i'm jeff goldblum <laughs> it's nine to five baby let's do it <laughs> <laughs> but so like walking in with the shirt a little t-shirt underneath trying to tuck something in to try and look a little bit professional but then also wearing like tie-dye socks that my four-year-old made <laughs> and like i I'd, i've i've had the conversation with a couple of people that are just like yeah there were certain people in our company that weren't fond of you at first but it is nice to know now that i have i have turned it around you've proved yourself because... to the other corporate schmucks perfect yeah for sure but i don't need their fucking approval at the end of the day i'm gonna be me <laughs> and I don't give a shit what they think yeah. at the end of the day. And I think that's why this works so well. Because I, w- I was saying this the other day, like, you are exactly who you are. And you've never changed <laughs> as much as I maybe have wanted you to change at some points. You've just stayed the same. <laughs> the exact same. <laughs> You're like, oh, I'm going to wear these pink trousers. I'm going to wear this white like beanie i'm gonna wear these oh grotesque yellow converse <laughs> deal with it I'm like, ah okay i'm just gonna live my life man no it's fair that's all i'm here for right i'm gonna crack open a bureau nice this is something that we i mean actually before we do we've known each other for a long time yep naturally but we've only ever had a drink together in 10 years or 11 years we've known each other once yep one time that is because i have been sober for a decade <laughs> like it's not because <laughs> we were avoiding it in any sort of way i just didn't drink for a long time <laughs> yeah and that kind of actually moves on to the note that i've got for today is i kind of wanted to ask you some some questions about that if that's all right with you oh god so so bef- before we talk sucker about punched sobriety, with that jesus see before we talk about your sobriety <laughs> yep could you please do me a favor and open that can of beer on your table <laughs> <laughs> there we go <laughs> <laughs> cheers to you my uh, friend chin 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 yeah cool yeah I, i'm of course okay with it um, if there's anyone that I feel comfortable speaking to about it, it is you. Oh, good. And then we put it out to the internet to listen to. And then we send it to the masses, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Here's my Open up deepest, your heart to me. most personal thoughts 
Oh, I'm really happy yeah. I can share this with my friends and the universe. <laughs> mm. <laughs> That's the vibe, man. That's where we're going. Um, right. Well, I'll just I'll just open up with. Uh, I can I slightly know the the superhero origin story behind you going sober. Yep. Um, my uncle Ben I mean, got shot down be... in the streets, and uh, <laughs> I just thought this was the time. <laughs> Don't bring Uncle Ben into this, man. It's too fragile for a Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> Can't do it. Um, you would have been quite young, though, right? Yeah, I was eighteen. I was eighteen. I'd been drinking. 18. <clears throat> drinking legally for what four months five months and then decided that was it but I'd, I'd never really drank too much before my 18th if i'm being honest like there was a, a few legendary house parties back in the day that you know it would have been rude not to there's one amazing photograph of me actually um i must have been 17 at the time um <laughs> and i'm just like a mess uh, I'm holding like a pint glass and all you can see it and is some sort of blue liquid and I know for a fact I know for a fact I had a glass bottle of Magnus like remember you used to get like the big glass bottles of Magnus yeah. like stuff yeah. stuffed in my back pocket like ready to go <laughs> I was like yo those those must have been some real big pants if you could fit they were like um, a bottle of Magnus in. do you remember like the drop Fubus. the drop crotch like chino jeans chino like trousers you used to get yes. from top man yeah, yeah, yeah. they had like yeah. cuffed ankles they were like stretchy at the yeah. waist <laughs> like the, the pockets on the back were massive because like there was so much material that they just had to fill it up with something so it was like <laughs> straight down the back <laughs> no I mean so that, uh, that was another question I was actually going to ask is like did you did you drink a lot before you stopped? Like, was it a thing for you? Um, or was it just, like, what you're saying there, kind of at parties or if you were it, at the pub or what? It was at parties and nights out. Uh, mainly, like, you know, just nights in the cat house. But my issue was that I wasn't very good at it. Um, I have been, a, you know, a lightweight forever. Like, when I did drink, I was, like, a couple of, like, not even, like, two cans. Like, can and a half gone. Like, I was, like already feeling it so when i when i did um you know obviously alcohol is a depressant drug and it exacerbates like all the bad feelings that you have and that's exactly what it did for me because when i was like you know the same as everyone was 17 18 still trying to find myself as a human being trying to work out my place in this world um i was crap i was a crap person like i just i was sad i was angry um I, I I was unemployed, probably wasn't in the best relationship, like, you know, like, going, like, forth after that, like, there, there was a lot of stuff that, like, a lot of stuff that, when I did drink, um, really, like, came to light, and it, it wasn't a fun time, I'd spend most nights, like, fighting back the tears if i was out with people you know because like i didn't want mm -hmm. i didn't want to be that guy just crying like feeling really bad bumming everyone else out so i was like i'd go i, I I'd, I'd i'd feel you know i i didn't really enjoy myself on the out on the outside it looked like i was having the best time but you know the the, the way that young males do bottled that up and obviously yeah yeah i just decided that it probably wasn't for me because I saw those signs. I knew those signs. And, you know, like, problems with drinking stuff running my family. So that that was always in the back of my mind. Um, I, I knew that I was definitely... I wasn't... I wasn't using the drink as a way to escape those problems. But I knew that when I did drink, those problems weren't on my mind as much. Until they were. Yeah. And then it was really bad. Yeah. And then you then you really dipped. It's it's really interesting that like the, the like I'm not going to pretend to understand anything about alcoholism. Like I, I've not really had any problems with with alcohol, and I don't really think it runs in my family. And so I'm not going to sit here and pretend. But it is really interesting when you hear these kind of stories that it's like it's not just it's never just the alcohol that's the problem. It's how much what else is going on internally with that person oh, of course because it, this, amplifies this is, it and the drink just makes it worse you know because yeah, this is the thing like the the 
the problem with addiction things like that is it's it's not the substance it's never the substance the the, mm-hmm. the substance is the means to the end you know it's it's the thing that everyone yeah. thinks is going to make them feel better or it is the thing that makes them feel better when they take it the the, the real problem yeah. with addiction is it's a, it's a mental health thing like and it's yeah. probably why i look so like i look at like the way that certain countries handle like drug crimes or whatever and like addiction and they they, they vilify it they make it look like it's a bad yeah. thing and <clears throat> you know there's yeah. people thrown in jail for a number of reasons you know but really when it does come down to it, it is a mental health issue like from the get-go um which is yeah. why when you hear people being like like obviously drugs is the big one you don't get thrown in jail for having too many drinks you know like but like drugs is a big one because for the most part well completely in the uk drugs are illegal you know like mm-hmm. and that's why you see so many people in jail for drug related crimes and um, yeah again the people who are mainly in jail are people who are dealing or caught in possession <clears throat> yeah and those people again are a means to an end you don't just end up in it because because you thought it was a good career path you know you, you get into yeah. it because there was probably problems somewhere down the line that kind of resorted you to a quote-unquote life of crime you know like yeah um so i, th- I think the way that the country vilifies it is really kind of skewed people's ideas and thoughts on what addiction actually is addiction looks like a crime when at the base it's basically just oh these people are feeling feelings that they don't know how to deal with and this is how they are doing it that's bad throw them in jail you know like yeah that's always been my my stance on it anyway yeah it's almost like they're kind of they're trying to suppress it in the hopes that it would like it's just so they don't need to look at it anymore almost 100 percent. let's throw them in jail so so we don't need to see it we'll suppress that but instead of like you send somebody into into jail or you send somebody to prison in that in that context and it 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 makes them go deeper a lot of the time they'll get into a lot more trouble off the back of that because as soon as we know what this country is like as soon as you've been in prison it's impossible for you to have a life after that as well. Yeah, yeah. So, and I think uh, that yeah, is, I, 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 I think that's true for most countries in the world. I think the uh, the rehabilitation schemes coming out of prison aren't probably the best globally. There's a few countries where they they, they definitely like they 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 kind of charge it head on, like while you're in prison, and they start to kind of bring you back into like a functioning member of society, and they they try yeah. their best to really work things out, like. I know a lot of like Scandinavian countries have like different work programs in place within prison, and even when they're in prison, like the not that they're a nice place to be, but it's not a a lot of them. It's not like a a stone cell with a bed, you know. Like it's a yeah, it's not a a good bed set, but it's like a bed set kind of situation. Yeah. You're, you're in yeah. a space where you're you're kept there because you have committed a crime, and now you have to learn about that crime. That's basically yeah. how they deal with it. It's not you're in, you're in jail, and now you have to be punished. Be in jail. Aye. you have to be in jail. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like the like some of those ones that actually look like an Airbnb that I've stayed in before. Oh yeah, <laughs> like they're actually they're a lot. Some of them are actually pretty nice. But yeah, no, that like I think um, there's a lot. I think it's particular Norway. I've seen that they do quite a lot of rehabilitation stuff. Yeah, but and a lot of what they do is like outside time. I, I, I don't like saying outside time because it makes them sound like kids. But like, it's like a lot of things that they do is like outside, and they do like kind of construction work, and they do like gardening, like horticulture, all that kind of stuff. Like just anything that's going to make them be employable or give them some sort of career path on the outside of like the four walls that they're confined in for their. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, we we took we took this a very um, heavy turn. <laughs> you did already. this. I was like, I mean, no, bro. I literally just asked you, did you drink before you stopped drinking? And now, <laughs> now we're talking about the Norwegian prison system. <laughs> what is going on? You wanted to get to the bottom of this, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I did. Right. So, was there the next, my next question would be then was there a catalyst? Was there a day where you went, fuck this, can't do it anymore? Um, yes and no. 
So there was no bad thing that happened that made me go, right, I'm not drinking anymore. The bad thing that did happen was a two-day hangover. <laughs> like, And I was like, Jesus Christ, like, I can't feel like this anymore. <laughs> you know, so like, so, like, yes, I know, like, there was the hangover that was really bad, but there was no, like, mental thing that happened that made me doubt myself or, like, change my choices. I just kind of, right, I, okay. I, I guess it just kind of the lead up to, oh, I kind of seen it all coming, and I was like, I should probably not do this for a while. Didn't think it would be 10 years. Didn't think it would be 10 years, but... Yeah, you thought you would maybe have just like a little kind of like, we'll take some time off, we'll just like let the batteries recharge, but yeah. then it turned into something bigger. Yeah. Did it start? Did it start off then? Because I, I know you, I know you kind of, <clears throat> I don't, I don't want to say identify. I don't know if that's right, but you kind of like took on the the mantra of being straight edge yeah. for a chunk of that time. Was that? Did that come? right away no or was it like you kind of pumped the brakes you're like right i'm going to quit the drinking for a bit and then you kind of found that side of you found that world of straight edge culture yeah yeah so that's basically what happened i was like pumping the brakes for sure knew that i had to just take some time away from it reassess and just kind of decide what was what was happening at the time was kind of getting more into going to shows and all that kind of stuff and like punk and hardcore shows and all that kind of stuff and eventually like you fall into we're just like oh cool straight edge what's this and then you kind of learn about it and know all that kind of stuff i made a lot of friends through it you know and a lot of friends or a lot of like the guys that i knew at the time were like straight edge um and i think it kind of i was like oh i don't do any of these things i'm like these guys i guess i'm (laughs) i guess i'm straight edge so i think that happened like (laughs) It kind of, like, happened in the March or whatever, but I just said I'd been, like, straight edge since that January, you know, like... Right, okay. Just... Okay, so you... Did you kind of... So you're saying that you, you kind of pumped the brakes in January time, and yep. then by March you'd kind of kind of found this subculture of... What is it, like, hardcore, hardcore punk subculture? Aye, like, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, like... Right. It, so it was January 2011. My last, like, to-do was, like... Uh, Hogmanay, New Year's Eve, um, and yeah, it was it was a big one. It really was a big one, um, and it, it was a good time at the time. We was we were at a farm out in Carlock and um, at a friend's house, and we were supposed to stay there for two days. Obviously, New Year's Day, there's no public transport at all. There's nothing going on. Yeah, but we woke up. Yeah, the night before, let's say, it was super messy. The morning was also super messy. Um, and we, we, me and my friend woke up real hungover. I looked at him and was like, I can't do this. He was like, yeah, <laughs> can't do this. Bless him. Like, got his mum to drive from, like, from Pollock Shields, like, to Carluke to come pick us up on <laughs> on New Year's Day because we were just burst. My family. She was probably also highly burst at all. She said nothing the entire time <laughs> we were in the car. My family were away. They spent the, they spent the, they they spent it in Oban at some hotel. I was like, all right. So they didn't come back. I was just like gouching in the house, just like I, I hate this. <laughs> like, what's going on? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I was running about and just. No, and you go. Sorry. Yeah. So that's kind of when I decided it was probably for the best because that felt awful and I didn't want to do that ever again. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. No, that that that's that's interesting. That it's like, I think I always had it in the back of my head, knowing you that it was like it was a choice at the beginning with the straight edge stuff but so it's quite interesting to see that it was just more of like a, i'm taking a break and then it, it morphed into something else it morphed into a lot something a lot bigger was there like a particular was it a particular band or a particular um <clears throat> genre that you identified with the most that kind of tipped you towards that because i know there's a lot of bands that you listen to that are straight edge i mean the only bands that i personally listen to are maybe like minor threat I guess I think they identify, uh, or they did at the time. Um, band set it straight. It's probably the only other straight edge band that were like super in your face, straight edge yeah. about it. Um, so I, I don't really, I don't really know the the bands like the kind of main bands that were like the kind of driving force for the culture. Yeah. So I think when I got into it, probably not. Like I'd heard the names like Minor Threat and all that kind of stuff, like thrown around and just didn't really. It was fine, you know, it was punk. It was cool enough. Yeah. Did the job. Yeah. Um, but then, like, when I kind of got into it more and 
it was half heart half heart with the band that were like mm. Mm. they weren't super in your face about it like they weren't like oh you're straight for life or any of that kind of stuff they were just like oh we are sober clear thinking you know like all that kind of stuff which really for me was more my stance because i never really liked the idea of being kind of preachy about it or you know ramming it down people's throats there is there is bands that i like that i like that you know but um yeah hi <laughs> it was a uh, half heart were mainly the band because they kind of they, they handled it in a way that kind of you saw where they came from with it you know like they were telling stories about it in a way that people could resonate with and that definitely made yeah. sense for me because they were more about like kind of clear-headedness of straight edge weren't they they were more about the actual what's the word for i don't want to use spirituality for it but they were yeah, like they philosophical o- about it you know like yeah philosophical that's the word that, yeah <laughs> fucking spiritual about it no man <laughs> philosophy that was the philosophy like i need yeah. a dictionary for this fucking podcast yeah it was they like i i didn't like have heart <clears throat> for the fact that they were straight edge i liked their openness about things so like i identified with the same kind of things that you're saying but not on this not getting tipped on the straight edge side if you know what i mean i like their the way they question things and the way they portrayed things in their songs and then also it was just really fast and angry at the same time so exactly, that's always like, nice when you're 17 years old <laughs> they, they always like the, the song like armed with a mind you know like it kind of like, makes sense you know you're like oh you are your weapon against it all is having some sort of like clear mind where you're able just to kind of talk about it and and face your problems head on and and for me i think that's a lot of what it was about not that i was saying like i was sober and instantly all my problems were easier to deal with blah 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 no that is not the case whatsoever but it it made you kind of step back a little bit and be like all right okay so this is happening you know you could just like ignore it which i I did ignore a lot of problems for a long time and still do, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, I think this was the whole thing. Like you'd see a lot of things being like, uh, like, oh, straight edge means I'm better than you and all that kind of garbage. Yeah. Just like, yeah. It's not straight edge means I'm also a human being that's just like you, you know, but I just don't drink. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> that's all it is. Yeah, that's that was it. it I, I just don't drink. Um, I think just coming from when I met you, um, I mean, I didn't know you were straight edge for a while. I think I'd known you for a few years before I was really like, oh, oh, I didn't, I didn't really know that because yeah. it wasn't something that, it wasn't something that we talked about or that you talked about. So, no. I mean, I, I, I didn't know many, if I'm being honest. I knew, I knew a couple of guys. I mean, I'll go back to what it was like when I was in high school. There was a few guys that pretended they were they see those <laughs> see those see those fucking guys that used to like i don't know if you like came across any of them but, like i know that the whole that one of the main kind of staples of straight edge was having like the black x's on the back of your hands yeah that was something i never did and like the whole we'll call it 10 years technically it was nine years it would have been 10 years this january but whatever like the world locked down yeah. and i thought better of it <laughs> um, like that was something i never did I, 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 yeah because it was something i didn't really like talking about like it was something that i did for myself it wasn't something that i did for anyone else you know yeah yeah and that was that was like their way of kind of identifying where they stood with it um I, like i remember i think it was the guys in your demise used to do it like used to have it on the back of their hands and there was different bands that did it but there was guys that i knew that would do it but and then we'd be in kelvin grove sucking down a two bomb of strongbow like bro <laughs> do you see the back of your hands right now where you hold that two bomb like what are, what where do you stand in life i mean obviously when you're a kid man you just do some stupid shit and you see you see somebody you think's really cool doing something like yeah. like i mean the, the the guys wear your demise like see when the the blood stays in the blade ep came out and stuff like between me and my friend group back then that was like huge that was such a big ep in our kind of like in our lives like we were so obsessed with it and um <clears throat> so there was a couple of the guys that would do like the x's on their hands and shit yeah and then it was just like but and then i remember asking like why do you do that no like, oh it's straight edge i'm like, all right so what does that mean me just being the guy who doesn't know anything until he asked the question <laughs> i was like so what does that mean and they're like oh it's something to do with like like not taking drugs and stuff and i'm like right well 
stop smoking weed, bro. <laughs> like, you're doing it literally in my face. <laughs> you're taking those drugs. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> uh, yeah, so my, my like, history with Straight Edge wasn't great because it was mostly posers that I came across that talked about it and thought it was cool. Yeah. But then you do actually beat the people that properly practice it and they properly believe in it. And it's like, that's admirable to me because I can't stick to anything. Yeah. I can't stick to a, to a damn thing. See these people that properly are in it. You're like, that's admirable in my eyes that you're so convicted in what you believe in that that is just how you live your life. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I think for me, it was, it was easy because drinking was never a big thing. Like, it was, and like I say, it wasn't like I had a problem with it or anything. It was just I didn't like how I was when I did drink. Um, so for me, it was never really a big thing to, to not drink. It was just now I do something with a name attached to it, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. And it was, I, it was a name that I probably didn't really identify with for a very long time. Like, whilst I was still sober, you know, like... I was like two years in. I got like the classic three X's tattooed on my leg, you know. Yeah, <laughs> still there. Still there, and it was probably like not too long after that that I was kind of like, oh, oh this is kind of dumb. Like, like not not <laughs> not that I think being sober is dumb, and not that I think being straight edge is dumb, but I think for me. It was something that I very quickly didn't identify with anymore because, yeah, I don't know. It just it didn't feel like I was like doing anything, <laughs> like you know. Yeah, you weren't in it. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And that's fair. Like, there's there's people I know. Like, I remember having like conversations with people, like, like not drinking yet or not even thinking about drinking yet. It was a couple of years ago. I was like, ah, oh, you know what? Like, I'd like, I, I whatever frustrated. You know, like ah. Oh, it's whatever. Whereas, like, the person that I was talking to was like, I would straight up die for straight edge. And I was like, whoa. Wow. Okay, man. Like, wow. that's super intense. Um, so you're saying this was a this was a few years ago? Yeah, yeah. It was a two, a two, two years ago, three years ago. So this, do you think this person, like, they still feel that way? Like, do you keep in contact with this person? Like, do they still feel that way? Like, um, they still... I think they still feel this way, yes. Um but also, I think that's just who this person is. They're quite intense, so I think that's right. Just, okay. I think that's just them saying the thing. You know, like, I don't think they would actually die for it because I think if I'm being like truthful about it, they don't have that in them. But um, <laughs> you, <laughs> you, it's. Uh, I just don't think it would really be. A th- I think it was just a statement. You know that this was like super important yeah. to them in their life, whereas I was just like, just don't care really. Cool. Like yeah. <laughs> And that's kind of like when I had started. So I, I kind of had like the the thought about it before. I was like, I was like, I'm a straight edge because I don't drink, or do I not drink because I'm straight edge? And as soon mm-hmm. as like, yeah. as soon as I said those words out loud, I was like, oh, now I'm gonna have to think about mm. this properly. Like mm. that was when I really yeah. started like not doubting myself, but like, you know, like doing a bit of the old. Uh, soul searching you know i was trying to get deep <laughs> i try to figure out who i was you know like i was 18 years old when i stopped drinking i was still definitely trying to find myself as a human being 10 years later where i'm in a totally different situation from what i was in back then you know I, i'm definitely a happier human being i don't exactly have many problems in my life that aren't super white privilege of me you know but like yeah it's yeah i, I live a very comfortable life but I'm still 10 years on trying to figure yeah. out who I am as a person, you know? And I think that was a big part of it last year. And obviously, a lot of things happened last year. There was a big breakup. There was, you know, the world shut down because of a pandemic, you know? There was a virus. It was literally killing millions of people now. Um, there was a lot going on. And a lot of it, for me, ended up being stuck in a room, my childhood bedroom, which I'm in right now. Yeah, <laughs> like I was stuck in here, and I, I, you, you were, you had to confront your thoughts because you had forever to think about, or it felt like yeah. forever. you had forever to think about and kind of deal with all these these things. Wild. Yeah. So, so I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to say this and make it make it sound like I'm, I'm, I'm 
trivializing how you um, have had to deal with the past year but do you feel now that that time of reflection has benefited you as much as having to be stuck in that room and not even like what you're saying being stuck in your room with your thoughts you had to sit in that room with like like you just said that you kind of you mentioned there where there was a bad breakup you had to sit in that room with the memories and you couldn't you literally couldn't escape it because it was all the memories were basically lived inside of that room yeah yeah so do you did you there was a lot of memories in this room for sure um and that was hard that was definitely a big part of it um and you know when the the government and stuff kind of decided that you could go outside and do like go for a walk and all that kind of stuff i I, I tried my best to go out and do all those kind of things but it didn't quite sit well with me if you know what i mean so i just i ended up coming back to this room and then just sitting and stewing in it because that was weird yeah yeah i mean i think obviously my situation has been very different to yours like both myself and um, I've had to work from home the entire time. Um, we've had the two kids in the house the entire time. So it's like, it's almost like I kind of look at it as much as it has been the most stressful year of our lives, period. Like, we've had some shit happen in other years, mm. but I still feel like this year has genuinely been the most stressful. Obviously, it's been the same for so many people, like literally millions at this point. Yeah. But. I th- our situation is so different to yours that I'm I do genuinely feel quite fortunate almost that both me and it, me and Emma had to stay busy because we had to work yeah. because we have to look we had to look after our two because I might I mean when the the lockdown happened when did the lockdown happen in, in March yeah started in March last year so so Mac would have been. When was he born? He was born in the August the year before. Yep. So Mac would have been like six months old yeah. when the lockdown happened. And we had to, we've, he's now literally, we've had to bring him up in a lockdown or in a pandemic for a year now. Yeah. So I think having, having had to stay busy has been a bit of a, I don't like the the term blessing in disguise, but I don't have another term for it. But it, it has been like, but I think if we were stuck in here, I, we mean me and my wife have had the same. I had a conversation similar where we said like, imagine we had to do this lockdown without the kids here. If it was just you and I in this house, I was like, God, that would have been so boring. Yeah, so boring. Like I love my wife to bits. You know I do, man. But like having the kids there. And having those people around has made it almost easier, but more stressful at the same time. So I, I cannot identify with what you've had to deal with whatsoever in this time because you have literally had to do it alone for the most part. Yeah, and you know, like I, I, I have had my friends. You know, like it, it's it's been good. Like there has been like a a lot of cool things that have happened because of this pandemic. Like. I am in the best shape of my entire life because I definitely tried oh, yeah. to. I, tr- I had to find something to do, so I started like working out from home. I'd started working out maybe like the year before, and you know, I, I was going to the gym and it wasn't really doing. I'm. I mean, I'm taking a note of that for another podcast where we can open up that door. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, but like it's um. <laughs> so I, I had to find something. So working a like doing a home workout was definitely something that I popped into my routine. Because I had to, um, so so I got in good shape. Um, I had a lot of time to to work on a lot of writing that I wanted to do. I didn't do as much of it as maybe I'd have liked because I'm one of these people who need stuff to happen before they can actually go out and write. Um, yeah. You know, I met a really cool girl, so that was real sick. Like, you know, that was cool. That was great. That's pretty cool. Um, I mean, there's the one thing. The one thing that I will take away from from between us two is i genuinely think our friendship is i wouldn't say better because it was never bad but like i feel like we talk more now than we did at this time last year oh yeah like, and that's not a bad speak, thing we like... speak to each other we speak to each other every single day yeah every day we were every day we but were like, supposed to meet ago. up this morning but you forgot because your <laughs> brain is broken <laughs> to go for a run 
And then you were like, oh, <laughs> I've already been out of running. I was like, well, that's me off the, that's me off the hook for today. I don't have to go running anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was a favour. Yeah, thanks, uh, man. I meant to do that. I obviously meant to do that. <laughs> but yeah, we, our friendship's definitely not blossomed because it's always been the same. But we could go weeks without speaking to each other and just pick up the same conversation and be like, cool, perfect. But, Yo, now, we, yeah. but now we just speak all the time anyway. And it's sad, yeah. you know, like it's cool. Yeah. I've, I feel like I, I've actually started doing that with like a few people. Like I'll not use any names, but like one in particular that we were both really close with. Like I speak to them a lot more now than I ever did. Yeah. Just, just down to the fact that it's like, I don't know if it was maybe like you kind of got the conversation out more when you were around people or it was maybe just like we're all just craving that like communication with somebody that isn't like our family or our other half or literally a fucking six-year-old who just talks absolute nonsense so it's like i have found myself almost like checking in on people every so often that i would never do before you know what i'm like with texting i'm terrible at it i'll leave them unread for days or i'll read them and then think i've responded but i actually haven't like i'm terrible but like i found myself like actually genuinely checking in on certain people just being like yo did you watch fucking one division last week what the fuck do you know what i mean just like stuff that i would never do before but it's just that like these people that i'm texting are the people that i would see kind of regularly like i i mean i mean me between me you sam and johnny at a point we would see each other at least once a week at least once a week yeah in a studio and now i can't even remember the last time i saw either of those guys yeah yeah i can't remember the last time i saw johnny or sam at all and it kills me absolutely kills me yeah shout out to shout out to both johnny and sam they both have their own podcasts rolling just now johnny's rated riffs which is showing some of the best hard like heavy metal metal hardcore music out just now <coughs> and then sam and his pal lewis they've just started one called not so casual gamer uh, their first episode just went out yesterday, which would have been the 10th. I don't know when we're actually releasing this, so I'm going to use dates because it won't be today. So it was the 10th of March they released their first episode. So you should go check that out if you're really into gaming. They will unpack the lore behind computer games. It's well beyond me. It's so beyond me. Yeah. I'm just like... I got I got I really even... lost trying to listen to it. I was like, I don't even know what <laughs> these video games are. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get, I get lost playing Need for Speed, and these guys are talking about like the lore behind fucking Red Dead Redemption. Like, bro, I can't keep up. I cannot keep up. <laughs> but yeah, so like, not being in a room with people, not being like around people, like I do feel as though I'm, I'm trying to keep in touch with people like that I, I care about deeply, and, and I, I want to make sure that they're, they're kind of doing okay. Because I know a lot of, a lot of people are either doing it alone or they're not working and, and and i know that i just put so much pressure on people like i can't understand the pressure that you and everybody else is feeling like just the kind of uncertainty of what the future holds oh, yeah. i mean for us all like i'm just kind of i'm going by so unbelievably thankful and grateful that i have still got a job that i am working like as much as it is it takes up so much of my time and it's 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 uh, quite high pressure and stuff i still just don't take it for granted like i could be in a much worse position than i am yeah for sure like and like furlough and like work from home and all that kind of stuff is like a proper double-edged sword for everyone you know like there was people who really relish it because it did give them something to do and it it kind of kept their mind in the game and all that kind of stuff like but then there's other people who like myself needed something to do to keep them going and unfortunately those just seem to be the people who are on furlough and they're yeah uh, you know we all work five days a week four days a week whatever it is you know and uh that takes up the majority of our of our time so when you had that kind of taken away from you there was either going to be people who who really needed that break and for the first wee while i definitely did but then after that i was kind of like whoa please <laughs> please give me something to do because i can't sit on my backside anymore yeah. like there's only yeah. so much tv you can watch you know yeah I mean, we started this far too late. Aren't you going back to work in like a month? <laughs> We've just started this. Well, I don't know when I'm going back to work. That's that's the that's the reality. Or it. like it could. It's still just a pure grey area. It could be the end of April if things are fine, but if not, then 
Who knows? Who knows? Who actually knows? Who knows? That's brutal, man. Absolutely brutal. I mean, <clears throat> I, we came on to this and I had the whole idea of asking you about your I, uh, identity as being straight edge. And we've we've really fucking went off course most of these conversations, but also we're now forty five minutes in, and uh, like we've spoken about a lot of shit that is a uh, quite quite important. Um, the the other thing that I I think you kind of touched on just when we were talking about it there um, is what was there again asked you if there was a point where you felt as though you're like fuck this I'm out I'm stopping. Was there a point where it felt like fuck this i'm out i'm drinking again was there like a, another catalyst or was it just like you know what i've been drinking zero percent beer for months let's just turn that into 4.5 percent fuck it <laughs> <laughs> um no really no i think um i think a big part of it for me was you know like i say a lot of things changed last year and i think i started really Ugh, not like taking a look at myself because I hate that whole kind of idea of it. But I was like, "What else can I do?" You know, like let's yeah. let's rock the boat just a little bit more. Um, and you know, like I'd been saying, like the my relationship with sobriety had been fine. You know, it was very one sided. I didn't really get a lot out of it. Um, but I did also. You know, I've just been stupid. But it, it got to the point where I was just kind of like. Why not, you know, like, I am putting such a lot of pressure on just cracking open a beer. Yeah. And just, like, like it doesn't have to be that much pressure. And, and like I said, like, I was a different person when I was 18. I, I, I grew up a lot. I learned how to deal with a lot of things and not deal with a lot of things also. But I think it just kind of got to the point where I was like whatever man like i'm going to become a yes man i'm going to do this like i spoke to duncan about this quite a lot um even before like like maybe a couple of months before i started drinking we we had like a big conversation about it one time and um we just became yes men because we kind of had to be you know like the only thing that was really holding us back was us um not that we were like being held back from anything bad but you know like i think there's there's um for me at least the my sober brain would only take me so far you know like like duncan's always drank he's been on like he's he's always enjoyed it and you know i think like anyone have had nights where they've really not enjoyed it um and i think he, he took a step back for a little while but he wasn't like sober or whatever he was just like this isn't for me right now and that's fine um so he was always someone who I, I kind of, I would tell him a lot of things about how I was feeling because we're quite similar in a lot of ways. Um, and I know we're on the same wavelength for a lot. So, yeah, we were having this big conversation one night and we just kind of became, we just kind of said we had to become yes men more than wanted to become yes men because yeah, we were holding ourselves back. Yeah. Because we were, yeah. we were, we were, taken too long to process all these things and we were just like um what like we were just trying to get to a point where we were happy and doing stuff but we would yeah. we would say no to a lot of things because of either our own insecurities or anxieties or whatever we're kind of like you might you might not have a good time so why would you even yeah. risk it you know um so we just became became yes men and we were having this we were having this conversation and he kind of like nudged me and he was like, do you want to go to the casino? And I was like, I can't say, <laughs> I can't say no now, you know, we've just spent the last, we just spent the last two hours talking about being yes men. And then you were like, do you want to go to the casino? And I was like, ah, oh, I all right. <laughs> so we, he fucking, he actually put you in a corner. That was all a ploy. Yeah, he just he really wanted to go to the casino. He knew. Yeah, yeah. He was appeasing your feelings to then get to the casino eventually. But then I think I took that conversation <laughs> a couple of months after. So we'd already been in the pandemic and the lockdown for maybe two months at this point, month at the most. Um, I, and I was like, why not? Like, what is actually mm -hmm. stopping me from doing this? And the answer was me, the a hundred percent, because I was scared of what would happen, you know. So I was like, 
playing video games with the boys one night. And I went and I bought some beers. And I said, to yeah. my, I said, I put them in the fridge. I said to my parents, I was like, look, a couple of beers in the fridge. They might not be there in the morning. And if mm-hmm. they aren't there in the morning, don't be worried. Everything's all right. I'm just, I'm just, you know, questioning a lot. Yeah. So yeah, that night came. I think we did like one of the first Zoom quizzes that we did. And um, I cracked the beer open. Fuck all happened. You know, like there was, there was like, <laughs> there was like no shining you lights. On, you, you put it on a pedestal. I put it on a pedestal, no you know. fucking reason. Yeah, there was, like, there was like no trumpets. There was no nothing. I just yeah. had a beer and that was it. Honestly, hearing you hear, hearing you say this stuff is like, it, it, I, I can't remember who I had this conversation with. But I've I had a conversation with somebody last year and it was like hearing you talk the way you do now compared to the way you used to talk two years ago, three years ago, you're just, like it's almost like you have transitioned into a completely different person. Cause you obviously are very kind of you let your thoughts drive everything almost to the point of strangling it to death. Yeah. So this change that has been in you recently, like this turning into a yes man, <laughs> the shit that you're going on, it, it, it's it's fucking amazing to see. If I'm being perfectly honest, like I've seen you get in your way so many goddamn times in the amount of time I've known you, and seeing you taking yourself out of that equation now, you're managing to find a place where you can unscrew a little bit of that part. Oh yeah, it stops you from doing things. Like there's obviously still shit that we're all dealing with that we will still trip ourselves up and get in our own way. But like, compared to what you used to be like, it's mental. Right. The, so, the change in you has been wild. So, I was watching Hot Ones a while ago. Obviously. <laughs> Shout out! Shout out! And uh, you know, <laughs> Sean Evans, our boy. Matthew McConaughey was on there. And oh, fuck off, <laughs> Please, if you're about to start reading from this dude's book, I'm out. No, I'm not going to read it. I'm not going <laughs> to. I'm not going to read from the book, even though I have. I'm, I've only started reading it like on Monday or Tuesday, and I've got like a yeah. quarter of it left to go. It's unreal. I can't put it down. <laughs> but like he said something on it, and I'm, I'll murder it. But he's like, I've lived through more crisis in my mind than I have in real life, and I was like, I like. You know, he was, like, saying it a bit tongue-in-cheek, having a bit of a joke, but he really believes all of these things. And, like, yeah. he, is, he is a joker. Like, he's like he's that kind of guy. Yeah. But he is really smart. Like, like I have been reading his book. His book is called Green Lights, and the green lights that he's talking about is, like, life giving you those little nudges and telling you that you, right, okay. that you can do these things. And he's like, even right. even red lights don't stay red forever, you know? Like, and it's, it's not a self-help book. It's not, like, an autobiography. It's, like chapters of his life that kind of gave him perspective which i quite like like yeah that's interesting yeah um and I, it's it's re- not that like matthew mcconaughey changed my life or whatever but like he, <laughs> like, he did <laughs> but like hearing him say things like i've lived through more crisis in my mind than i have in real life yeah that's resonated with because you. that is me like i used to like make up <laughs> these wild scenarios and still from time to time oh wild fucking wild and still from time to time still do because i'm just that's ah! just who i am i'm hardwired that yeah. way yeah but like I, I know now how to deal with it just be like right okay fucking whatever like give yourself 10 minutes you'll be fine but like yeah i, I remember watching that episode and i'm being like this guy is a fucking clown and then just being like <laughs> by the end of it just being like this guy knows what this he's talking guy. about so i ordered his book this... and his book is filled with like a lot of like little snippets like that and I quite enjoy it. Yeah. I, I I like the idea of like you're getting in your own way. Like stop it. Like Yeah. Yeah. And I I did that for a long time. I would overanalyze every single situation that was happening in my life. And I oh, would man. I'd try to rationalise it, but for whatever reason I would like blow it out of the water with like how bad things actually were. <laughs> it's just it's just dumb, you know, like it's just human being shit. Like we can't help it. Yeah, all all it is, Gary, is you love being dramatic and it's fine it's fine don't worry about it we all know that guy we all have those friends in our lives it's true i am that guy and i know i'm that guy like (laughs) 
like even like in like regards to like being in the band like before we go on stage and stuff i barely speak to people like because i need i know i yeah. need to get myself uh, in that mindset i hate saying that out loud because it makes me sound like such a dick but like <laughs> but it's true but that's because i'm a dramatic person you know if i do- yeah 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 w- when we play on stage i'm this like angry looking moody human being and then we get off stage and i'm this like i'm like this angry looking <laughs> like moody human being i'm the same guy it's just like ramped up a little bit when i'm on stage yeah but i but i need to be dramatic enough in my life to get to that point if you know what i mean so i shut myself down and i yeah. become that person i'm and i think the same person who gets that level of drama is the same person that overthinks things you know not that i not that i'm saying that like being on stage or whatever is like a cathartic kind of thing but it is to a, a, an extent because it allows me to get all those kind of like you, you know you, you write lyrics based on what you know and your life experiences and a lot of what i've written about over the last like 10 years has been stuff that i still struggle with on a day-to-day basis and like you know i, I need to get that out so now i'm like having to i don't know like having to do it another way so my brain makes every situation more more dramatic and like exaggerates it to be something that's definitely not just so i can i can act that out in my mind and then come back to it which is dangerous because i can get myself into some really awkward positions because of it you know yeah yeah like you've you've come to me with stuff like that and and i'll i will always let you sit and talk i'll let you get it all out and then i'll just sit back and go dude what the fuck are you talking about yeah because, because like you, you you turn it into like a massive. It's it's not like this isn't a fucking a dig on you then, but it's just whatever goes on in your brain. Like it, it turns it into something like so much more sinister than it needs to be. Exactly. Yeah. Fucking ninety percent of the time. Yeah. And it is just like, but then I feel like you're quite self aware because even when you're telling me these stories, even when you're telling me these scenarios, you're like, I know this is fucking. I know this is me. I know I'm doing this. I know this is me building it up. Yeah. You say these things as you're telling these stories because you're so self-aware of what your brain is doing. Absolutely. But you just, you can't stop it. You can't stop it from doing those things. Because how but do the you fact, stop it? But the fact that you, the fact that you are self-aware though helps you build that barrier between what is the actual reality and what is the reality that your brain has made up. Yeah. like, like So you still have that bit in the middle that can break it. Like lately, like... Not that I'm, like, getting into meditation or anything, but, like, I take, like, like 10 minutes. Like, that's all it takes. Just 10 minutes to sit down and go, oof, that was on your mind for a while. Why? And I can, I break it down a little bit. Um, the last couple of weeks, I've tried to, like, spend a little bit of time away from my phone in the morning. Because we're all suckers for that, you know? You wake up, you read the news, you go on Instagram, you go on Twitter, you know? Like, you can't help it. You're just stuck in that cycle. So I try to, like, I still do that. But then I'll, like, I'll put my phone away. I'll go make breakfast, I'll stick on some coffee, I'll come back upstairs, I'll either read a bit of a book or I'll stick some music on and I just kind of, I just sit there and I just kind of let it do its thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're kind of, you. that's kind of your opportunity to like purge yourself of those thoughts. Oh yeah. Just bring, your back yeah. Down, bring yourself back down to the level where you feel comfortable and, <clears throat> and you feel most at, most at home. Yeah. Thanks for that. You like making your like because I know you. I'm not gonna go too much into it because we're already at an hour. But I know how much you you love cooking and how it, how it brings you down to that level of like this is like the purest art form I can make <laughs> that brings me down to like a calm and like regular human being. <laughs> yeah, because if I was to sit down and write, which I do do, if I was to sit down and write, if I was in like the crux of it, like if I was feeling like super bad, and I just sat down and I started writing the stuff that I would write wouldn't be. It would be, it'd be raw and it'd be true and it'd be exactly what it needed to be, but it wouldn't make for good write uh, for good reading because you're, you're you're so in it. You're just saying things, you know, like, like I had a bit of a meltdown a couple of weeks ago. I wrote some stuff that was fine and I read it back and like there was like a line in it that was like, oh, something something when I wish I was dead and I was like, but you don't think that. At the time when your brain is like, like ramping up to eleven, you're like, you just you you get out that thought. That's the thought that's in your head, and it's away. 
But if I had if I had sat down for ten minutes, you know, did some deep breaths and and really tried to understand what I was feeling, I wouldn't have written that line. I'm not going to go back and take it out because that line that I wrote at the time was very true and it's it's exactly who I was, yeah. you know. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, there's a, there, there is a right I can't remember his name, but it's like a really good quote, and he talks about how like he doesn't do like second drafts and stuff because as soon as he goes back and he starts taking taking things out or starts starts to like adjust it in certain ways it doesn't feel as it doesn't feel like it's his his art anymore because yeah. because that second draft is like the it's been censored you know like so it feels yes. like it takes away yeah, yeah, yeah. from like the personality that he is trying to put into these pieces of art like you know yeah he doesn't want to he doesn't want to edit edit himself he wants himself to be his truest form yeah like i'll go back and i'll look at stuff and i'm like that needs a comma because i'm just rambling you know but like I'll, <laughs> yeah. and if, if i'm not saying commas like but if i see but like if i if i go back and i read a line and i'm like that could be better i will make it better but i'll never go back and be like oh this is like this is just trash and i need to change that completely like if it is trash it stays basically because yeah it needs to yeah yeah, um, yeah. That's that's um, it's it's quite interesting. Like how you would need to dial back, and <clears throat> I would always be of the stance of see we've written, like stay that, like just stay that course. That was the way you were feeling at that point in yeah. time, you know. Yeah. <coughs> um, I mean that that the only other thing that I was I was going to ask, just going back to the kind of the main topic that we were on. Was at that point where you were saying that you said to your mum and dad, like, "Oh, look, there's there's beer sitting in the fridge. Please don't be mortified." Did you did you feel like you were putting any pressure on yourself when you were telling people, "Oh, by the way, I drink now"? Because I remember when you told me, it was just a bit like, "Okay, um, <laughs> cool." I think it was like damage limitations. If I'm being honest. Like, <laughs> I told the people who I was super close with. I told the people who were going yeah. to see it. And I, the people I thought would maybe be shocked by it, because right, it okay. wasn't something that I wanted to talk about in the future. It was just a hang the hand, mm-hmm. sound done. But if I mm-hmm. was like the one, if I was the one that brought it, brought it up and being like, oh by the way, I'm gonna do this thing. It means we don't have to talk about it in six weeks if I see you and I end up having a beer, because I don't. Mm-hmm. The thing I don't want is to be like sat around people and like, oh look at him back on yeah. the wagon, like, uh... th- like th- that that for me that was more of the pressure you know like that was mm-hmm. other people projecting onto me and i didn't want that yeah so i thought if yeah. i tell people and i do things the right way and just kind of like make sure people know that i'm in a good space i'm not drinking because i'm like about to hit the sauce real hard or whatever like <laughs> i just wanted people to like the people who i knew that cared about me to not worry when they saw it happen and i didn't want to have to deal with yeah. any awkward jokes because I yeah. dealt with that when I was sober, you know, like the first couple of months of where people were like, oh, are you sure you kind of be tempted to have a wee drink? And I was like, no, I don't want that. Uh, like, you know, and I hated it. It stopped happening very yeah. quickly because people knew that once I said no, that was it. Like That was it, yeah. And that's always been the way that I think a lot of people have dealt with me and how I d- deal with things. Like, if I say no, it usually just means I'm not doing it. Like, don't try and twist my arm. Yeah. Whereas now that yeah, I'm super stubborn, yeah, I'm stubborn. Like, and also it's my life. If I don't want to do something, I, yeah. won't, I won't do it. You know, um, not a bad thing at all. No. Um, so I think I was just trying to get all that out of the way because I didn't want there to be like any sort of awkwardness. <laughs> oh my yeah. god, man! Those works outside your house are ridiculous. What is <laughs> that? <laughs> that like was cutting timber and shit. Yeah, that was insane. Like I thought I was yeah, having well, I like mean... a blackout. Like. Yeah, it's, it's pretty bad. But I mean, that's probably, I mean, the fact that they're they're now coming into my house as well to do stuff in my windows is probably a good time to actually start wrapping this up. Um, I had notes on here for other things and we didn't even get to them, so I'll save them for another time. Perfect. But um, the only other bit I would add to the end of this is <clears throat> I just want to say a thank you to the 100 views that we had on, on YouTube on our trailer in the first 24 hours. That was really cool. There's actually been a lot of like kind of positive reaction to it already yeah, from yeah, people cool. I know, and that's that's actually it's been really nice. Like I've heard from people that I've not really spoke to in a while, and it's it's um it's let me kind of open up a wee conversation with people that I've not I've not had a chance to speak to for a while. So 
I'm glad that this is um, it's resonating with some people and um, I'm looking forward to what we do, what we keep doing. Um, people can find us on YouTube, on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. There will be new episodes every Tuesday. We will record this at some point in life and we'll put out a new one every Tuesday um, and try and just keep it going until somebody tells us to stop, really. Yeah, until we get cease and desist for someone. like Because oh. <laughs> <laughs> we blasphemed somebody too hard. Yeah, we did something. We did something bad. <laughs> um, yeah, if you have listened to this all the way through, then thank you very much. Um, and yeah, just come find us on Instagram. That's probably where we're actually going to post updates and stuff. That's where you'll see when new episodes have went up. We'll try and keep it going every week uh yeah and if you if you like it then tell us like you can go on instagram or you can put comments on things we will read them because we have nothing else to do and um, there is also a gmail somewhere like i think it's dead end friends podcast at gmail.com if you really feel so hard to send us an email one of us will read it at some point in life yep all good yeah that's it just like share and subscribe baby you know how it is <laughs> this is a life <laughs> smash smash the like bro <laughs> you know it's fine oh that's gonna have to happen we need to get a soundboard yeah absolutely need to get a soundboard until then i'll just do it with my mouth it'll be fine <laughs> <laughs> like you're fucking michael winslow from police academy man <laughs> i don't know if he's doing anything that's just now we get him on like just, yeah just he sit can, in the corner do our, something he can be our soundboard perfect <laughs> michael hit it <laughs> <laughs> that's so good right well um yeah i'm gonna hit the off button again but yeah thank you very much for listening and we will speak to you again next week yeah speak to you later love you bye